morning and welcome to Tobin Talks. I'm your host, Tina Hove. Today, we're going to be talking to Tino Dogo, Rimbai Guru, and Reem Elmahi. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good, Tino. Thanks for having us on. We're excited. Oh, I personally am excited to have the conversation today. <laughs> awesome, guys. Why don't you, uh, starting with Tino, tell us uh, your, your name, I guess, and uh, what, what you do. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. My name is Tino, Tino Dogo, because I do have to uh, specify exactly which Tino I am, but Tino Dogo and I am the AMSU VP Community Engagement. Um, my role is an interesting one, and I'm pretty sure I've explained what I do exactly on Tobin Talks before, but I'm always happy to kind of explain the work that I do at AMSU. So my why don't we have that kind of in relation to um, how you how it funnels into the Black Students Association or Black Students Representative rather? Right. So the the VPCE role is an interesting one, as I've noted before, in that it's free flowing and it's a supportive role in terms of marketing. Uh, but the rest, <laughs> and I, I do have to tread carefully, but the rest is kind of open to interpretation. And with everything that happened in the summer, um, we felt that it was imperative that we make strides forward in terms of racial equality on our campus. Um, so that responsibility fell to me, and I was very happy to take up um, the responsibility of making sure that the Black voice on campus uh, grew and was being recognized uh, by everyone on campus. So that's kind of how we ended up having big conversations about what we want to see in terms of Black students and Black voices on campus. Um, and I'm sure the other BSU reps would love to get some airtime as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, bye. Why don't you take uh Take okay, mic. for sure. Um, again, thank you for having us today. Uh, my name is Zambai, and I am the VP Advocacy for the BSU at the U of M. And um, just to elaborate more on what Tino kind of touched on, the whole idea of having Black, um, the Black Association was just uh, because I personally felt like we were underrepresented. And being such a huge community on campus, we definitely needed um, a voice. We needed um, somewhere to turn to and a community we could always come to and also kind of, you know, um, establish ourselves in society and just not that in the university campus as well. So, um, there's obviously a lot to it, but mainly advocating for Black voices for those um, of different ages, of different um, genders, and so many more, you know? So, yeah. Cool. And uh, Reem? Yeah. Um, hi, my name is Reem Almahi, and I'm the president of the BSU at U of M. And thank you for having us. Um, I'm just gonna basically tag on to what Tino and Vimbai like explained very eloquently. <laughs> yeah, so um, really glad to be a part of the, the BSU. And initially, like what kind of sparked my interest in forming one was when I first joined um, U of M in grade, not grade, oh my God. When I went to my first year at U of M, I was looking, we were looking at all the student clubs, me and my friends, and we were really shocked to find out there wasn't a BSU. 
Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. And then as Tino was saying, with everything that was happening this summer, um, my friends and I like really took the initiative and like asked around and Tino helped us all the way through the through the summer to form one. And it's really important the fact that we have an actual student group that's recognized by UMSU versus something that's more casual. So it's so we're setting a precedent and there's like a line of succession. So it doesn't just kind of fall apart. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense, guys. So we I guess we might touched a bit on why it's why it's important and so did you Reem. Um so tell me about your hopes for the group. What do you want this group to do? Like what's the value? Um, so I could go first, I guess. Um, so um I'm just gonna kind of backtrack a bit. I don't know if you guys read the open letter about the incident that happened in Ottawa um a couple weeks ago, probably a month or two ago, of a professor who used the N-word during their um lecture. And then there was all sorts of um all, all sorts of responses to uh the this incident. And then that again being an advocate for our black community it kind of sparked something in me to say uh what we would like to honestly achieve is to get to a point where if such incidents or such stuff are to happen um during classes or whatever means being um, the university should be able to call out such behavior and protect black students regardless of whatever the context was used so honestly just having that um stuff like that really helps and once that's um mandated by the university by denouncing such um racial slurs uh, would be very helpful. Uh, so it's definitely something that I've been personally passionate about making the the university environment or rather the classrooms more inclusive and more comfortable for black students in particular. Hmm. It's interesting you bring up the open letter because that was a very topical conversation even amongst the black community itself, right? And where I, what I'd like to hear from you guys is what were your thoughts on that? Like, because the, the argument was that um, professors need to be able to express ideas academically in an open manner, right? And as an association that's meant to represent, you know, black students, where, where do you guys find the line between having to be accepting of certain histories and you know, settings for use of such terms? Um, that's the, I definitely thought about it for a minute before I had like my initial opinion sort of set. Like I was kind of contemplating whether or not it'd be kind of stepping on the professor's ability to kind of talk openly about things. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, they can just say the N-word. They don't necessarily need to say it. And I've had an incident happen like this. I was in grade, I believe grade 11 in high school, where a student, like a white teacher prefaced by saying, okay, I'm gonna say this word. And then I thought I wouldn't be like, I was like, okay, she prefaced it. And then she said like the N word. And I was just, it just hit me. And I, it just rubbed me really the wrong way. Because also I was like the only black student in, entire, in, that, in that entire class. And I already felt 
a type of way whereas like I couldn't voice my opinion that much I was kind of felt like I was looked at as the ang angry black student and I think just making a safe environment for black students to just express themselves not also express themselves but when you say the n-word so openly like that as a non-black person in that space it just makes black students feel feel kind of discriminated discriminated against and i've had like other fr friends of mine where that's happened where student where teachers have said the n-word um and they've kind of called them out on it and they then were like okay this is offensive so i won't say it again so that's kind of my take on it uh, it's traumatizing it's traumatizing um <laughs> and i i totally agree with the viewpoint that reem has i think just to quickly backtrack to Tina, your first question was uh, in regards to why we should have a black students union and everything else. I think for me, I felt that it was important for black students to have a safe community on campus, <laughs> hopefully whenever we do come back to that. And it's, it's important for me, it's very important to highlight the diversity within um, people from with African descent, right? Um, I think there's an umbrella term that's used for black people, but the truth is we couldn't be more diverse. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, for me, the goal for the Black Students Union is one, to create a safe space for black students on campus. And then two, very importantly, to display our diversity and just make people more familiar with black people essentially that we're not all just the same black people we're not we all we're individuals at the end of the day we all have our own viewpoints and we are extremely diverse and just highlighting that um, in terms of having a congregation of all of us i think is a very important thing for people who aren't necessarily exposed to black people and and black people okay it's 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 a thing it's a thing and for the n-word thing with the professor like i said you know we all have our own viewpoints on certain things and i know the question was kind of phrased uh towards the bsu reps and i i do have to clarify that i don't speak for black people um i'm not an elected official for black people uh but my own personal opinion and i do recognize academic freedom uh, that they cited, that the university cited. But I think it's very important to, to be sensitive, right? Um, it's very important to be sensitive to the histories and the traumatizations that people have experienced. And just saying something like the N-word that clearly has a very, very harsh history without considering how it's going to make your students feel it shows a lack of patience. It shows a lack of judgment. And I don't think those are qualities universities should be aligning themselves with in as much as they should be promoting academic freedom. Um, so I, I personally feel like it's about sensitivity and it's just about thinking about how it's going to make your students feel before you, uh, you expose them to that. Well, Tino, this, it's interesting to you say that um, I'm gonna bring out bring about a point. It for you, as you say, you're an elected official who's there to represent the university as a whole, right? You feel an obligation though to to the black students themselves as being, you know, the the only black student who is on AMSU. You know, 
it's not that I don't feel an obligation. I, I think it's my position on AMSU allows me to provide a point of view that my fellow executives who aren't black won't necessarily have. Um, so it, it, I do feel an obligation towards black people, but it's not necessarily the only reason I'm there. Uh, you know, I'm not there to represent the black voice. I certainly feel that my lived experience as a black person plays into uh, my point of view as an executive on the executive committee. Uh, and so does my, my being an international student. Uh, that point of view is highlighted as well. And it's, it really is an, amal an amalgamation of everything that just makes me as a person. So a black international student, a black international science student. So it all plays into it. Um, and I think that's definitely reflected within some of the decisions that we make as an executive. Mm. Mm. And then uh, Reem and Vimbai, yeah, either one of you guys can take this one. For yourselves though, do you, do you find yourselves, you know, being executives of the Black Students Association you know, having to take sides more, you know, like, like Otino, it, it appears, you know, he needs to represent the community as a whole and he uses his experiences, you know, to try, you know, help steer the ship in a more positive direction. Um, do you find you, you guys lean towards more exclusive interests? And how, 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 how does that make you, make you feel? That's a very interesting question now that you've asked it um, because I never thought much of it just because when you're in a black um, in well when you're in a in a in your community rather not to say people tend to think alike but you're in a space where like any other space when they're there everybody has goals everyone wants to set a certain standard um to their communities and once you're in that space i believe that you're all in agreement to what you want to achieve and what needs to happen that being said i feel like um well personally i I try to be inclusive just because my role does require me to be inclusive to so many other diverse people and so many other smaller circles within the black community. I have to keep an open mind to it, um, put it in context that there are other people who might feel differently. Uh, so I honestly would not think I am particularly in that position where I find myself being tipped over to one particular side. Uh, but again, just to say that when minds are together, I believe that you guys are there for a purpose and that's to, for, for us, it's to bring change. And that means you're in, you know, you, you really know what you want to do. So I don't know. And I feel like because we're a black community for so long, we have we we have to do this to advocate for ourselves. Um, there's not a lot of wrong, if I may say that. Um, that really kind of ties to it because 
if we do look at our history and if we do backtrack, there's always that it does come to like oppression and people trying to stand up for themselves for what's right. So that being said, I just feel like not really, not particularly, if that makes sense. Well, well, let's touch on that. You said, you know, it comes into a history of oppression, right? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the, the viewpoint that people may have that, hey, the, you know, Black community has been complaining a lot, right? And, you know, you know the, the people who say, you know, get over it, you know, it was how, however many years ago, right? And then, you know, by the creation of the Black Student Association, it, it, to some it may even seem like it's, it's further, you know, bringing about, you know, quote unquote, um, angst and division into a society that's trying to move forward, you know, by having a community that's exclusive. Oh, actually, I must ask, is this, is the group exclusively for Black students? Like, can someone who's not Black join? We have it set in our constitution, at least, that it's for self, um, what's the word that we use? Um, Self-identifying Black students. So we have, like, uh, which really just is, this is just a space for Black students, but we we do hold events where anyone can join and we welcome people to have that discussion with us. Um, but kind of touching on the question you asked, when people say get over it and they want to move, um, so like society should progress and sort of forget about this. Like how can society progress though if black people are left behind? Like we can't all move forward and make changes and be a progressive country if Black people aren't, their issues aren't addressed is basically what I'm trying to say. So, and that's a very like naive outlook on things to say that like black people should just get over it. Like everything that happened with slavery and not even necessarily just slavery, like colonization as well. Um, that can't just be left aside. You can't have history like years and, and hundreds of years of oppression and then everyone just gonna forget about it and sort of move on. And people are just gonna act um, like you kind of think as if just because there's the law in place, like slavery, which still happens, um, is illegal and such that people aren't still going to do it, or people, or because racism is now um, seen majorly seen in negative light, people aren't going to partake in it. So yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. I think to add to that, and I totally agree with everything that you said, Reem. Um, but to address the question of, well, we should just move on and everything else. Um, yeah, I like to think of it like this. Slavery was abolished in the United States, at least, in like 1865, right? And that was 155 years ago. People lived to be about 80, 85. So if you think about it like that, slavery only got abolished two people ago, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it's it's only been two people since slavery was abolished so like that's 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 my great grandmother right mm. was it my grandmother one of the two and if you think about it like that it hasn't been that long and the mm. <laughs> the intergenerational effects of of slavery i don't think anyone doubts them i don't think anyone like has any questions about that i mean if you look at settlement populations um nova scotia for example and everything else it's it wasn't that long ago and mm-hmm. it's not time for us to pack up and say okay you know what that was that we're good now everything is fine 
Um, I think that's very far from the truth. And like Reem put it, Reem put it very well, uh, we can't just move forward uh, leaving some of us behind and leaving Black people behind. I don't think uh, that's the way to move forward. Mm. Well, well, I guess the next question when you're saying, uh, you know, moving forward and, you know, leaving Black people behind, are the Black students on campus interested in the group? My personal truth to that is that as, okay, so my experience from uh, being in charge of the marketing department at AMSU is not everyone is going to be aware of everything that's going on, first of all. And even if they are aware, not everyone is going to necessarily take up the initiative to be involved. Uh, but I think that shouldn't deter us from pursuing progress and you know moving forward. I think what we need to do as far as possible is band together with those of us that are interested in pursuing progress and you know congregate that way and become stronger and move and strive forward. So I think the ones that are involved right now, I mean, Reem has a full executive, for example, and I know that there's a couple of members that are in the group and we've, putting, we've been putting events on, which is fantastic. So that's a very good place to start. And we won't necessarily get every single person interested, but the ones that are interested and the ones that are involved um, are going to see a lot of positive side effects to it. And I think that just speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess when, when we say positive side effects, and you know, what, what are these positive side effects? So I know we said we, we want to create a space for for, for black students, like people always talk about creating spaces. Let's create a safe space for this. Let's create a space for that. Like, like, and then what? Like, you know, what's why have a space? When I think of like a safe space, um, I think of a place where I can speak freely without being judged, or because sometimes like talking about race with white let's say white people or non-black people is completely different than talking about race when you're amongst black people because when you're with non-black people it almost feels as if you're trying to teach them or they are going to ask you questions and so that's a different experience from when you just kind of want to vent about what's happening in your life how you deal with racism and how how other people especially in like winnipeg in canada um yeah. are coping with it and so that's that's what i think of when i think of a safe space where like free of judgment and where you can express yourself um, as a black person, because also sometimes when you are trying to talk about race, you can be silenced by other people, or people just don't want to get it, or people, especially if you're a black woman, just want to call you like an angry black woman. And they don't necessarily say that out loud, but will make remarks like that. And so that discourages you from speaking out. And sometimes I felt like I had to really pick and choose my battles because I felt like if I spoke out every time something racist happened, I would be labeled as that. And then no one would want to hear what I'd have. Sadly, no one would want to just hear what I have to say about the matter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So just to add on to what Reem said about space, nothing about us without us is for us. And just saying that we want to take space on tables as black students where decisions are being made because I believe um, no one can ever, it, it honestly doesn't make sense for me where decisions are being made for me 
and there's no one who looks like me or understands or who's been through my situation to make that decision for me. I feel like if you've never gone through what Black people have been through or most Black people have gone through, you obviously do not understand. So you are not in a place to make decisions for me because you don't know what shoes I've stepped into. You may be chasing, you may think that I'm chasing you know, a lizard, but at the end of the day, I'm chasing a crocodile. So stuff like that really makes me feel like being inclusive. And um, that's more of creating a safe space for Black people where we're there and it's talked about on the table. And, you know, there's always someone to represent you. I think an important, you know, highlight to what you guys have said is when people say that decisions made for me. I, I don't think it's it's a group of people sitting around the table saying, I'm going to make this decision, this decision for black people. Right. I think it's more, I'm going to make decisions for everyone, you know, but if a black person isn't there, they can't bring about how it affects them as a black person. Like mm-hmm. overarching decisions on policy, you know, don't just affect black people, they affect everyone, but they affect everyone differently. So I, I guess what, what I'm hearing you guys say is when those decisions are being made, we need to be able to bring about a voice that says, hey, actually, guys, you know, this policy becomes discriminatory, you know, because of ABC that affects Black people, right? You know, an, an example of that would be a recent podcast we just did on the show where, you know, Canadian hair schools don't teach how to, you know, style textured hair, Right. And that's probably because there wasn't anyone who texted hair on the table when the curriculum was being made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I guess moving from, from that, you said a very interesting point where you were like, you know, when you're talking to non-Black people about Black issues, it feels like you're teaching them. Is that not the mandate, though, to spread knowledge? It is. And that's something we discussed when we were forming the BSU. And I said, I kind of brought up the point that I don't want it to be our role necessarily, like our main priority to teach people about race because people have so many um, outlets to teach them. Like Google is free basically. And they can listen to podcasts. They can watch YouTube videos. They can read books about black author- from black authors about race. So like educating themselves, non-black people to educate themselves, like it's not hard to do. And I think it kind of puts a burden on us to constantly have to sit down, hold a whole press conference, answer all these questions when, and, and also something that people brought up, which I think is a really good point is that we're doing it for free, which might sound like, oh, okay, but shouldn't you? But at, at the same time, like a person could come to me and ask me a b- bunch of questions about black issues and I could answer them for free versus they can read a book, pay that author, um, watch a podcast, like add to their views, watch a YouTube video, add to their views. And therefore, um, paying paying black people for their for their work basically. So either I sit and explain thoroughly, um, take my time take time out of my day to explain this whole black issue, or they can pay some a black person to do that for them. Just to touch on that note is something that's been on my mind for a while. You know, is if someone who is in a position of power does not have information about you and can make decisions about you, saying that you know they should go and educate themselves sounds counterproductive because you are the one who benefits from their education about your issues and not them. 
because now because if now they know they can make decisions that you know positively impact you whereas if they don't know they could make decisions that negatively impact you but either one of those decisions won't negatively impact them does does that make sense yeah, yeah it does but so, yeah go ahead i i definitely do understand where you're coming from um but again not everybody is empowered okay um that being said no yeah not everyone is empowered um so i just to kind of touch on what reem said i'm honestly not going to go to every single individual and have to tell them about black history what i don't mind is a situation whereby you do go read and you research you come with questions um and that alone shows your your true interest in what i'm advocating for what we are saying and mm. i'm definitely happy to share my experiences if i have to but mm. me having to come in and constantly um you know educating you on what's right in this day and age with all the resources that are there yeah uh just is, isn't i don't know if that makes sense but yeah mm. okay interesting well guys we we're just, we're just about to, to wrap up here does does anyone have any final comments no <laughs> <laughs> okay it sounds like a no well you know what thanks guys for coming on the show i appreciate having all of you here thank, thank you for, you having, for us. having us you awesome um look forward to chatting more and hearing more about what you guys are up to Uh, but that's all for this episode of Tobin Talks. Mm-hmm.